Welcome to the process of things. Does stuff work? Hello, hello. Hi there. Welcome to our podcast. Mm-hmm. We're back. Last episode of season two. The last episode of season two. Ruth and I were just brainstorming a little bit about season three but thought it probably would be a good idea to just finish season two first. <laughs> it's like getting excited and you move on to the next thing. Yeah. You know. Squirrel. Squirrel. Uh, yeah, so welcome to the process of things. Does, does stuff work? We're on season two, all about awkward, difficult, and uncomfortable conversations, but important conversations. And this is episode seven. Mm-hmm. Because we skipped one. Usually because we, we skipped have eight. One. Yeah, but basically this is episode seven. Mm-hmm. Peter, you're fired. We've oh. got to let you go. I think we should give him a different name because Peter no. made so much headway before. I know, but it's not... He slipped again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not a narrative. I, I mean, know. although maybe next time we should have an entire, like, oh, can you narrative story throughout the entire process of managing one person. This is, you know, Peter is just your generic yeah. employee. Yeah. Peter, Paul, Petunia. Petunia. <laughs> I like it. Penelope. I believe some people pronounce it Penelope. No, I'm just kidding. Do some people say Penelope. I'm sure people who don't know how to pronounce like Penelope. Like Chipotle. Yeah, <laughs> just like that. All right. So welcome to the process of things where we take current business trends and buzzwords and let you know whether they actually work or not. I am Nicole North. And I am Ruth Henderson with that- a mouthful of Coke Zero. <laughs> and we're your hosts today. So let's start with I would. I'm going to, you know, direct today's okay. conversation a little bit. Do it. Um, let's talk about, um, because we want to make sure that it's clear for everybody that we are not HR experts for the Ontario government or otherwise. Mm-hmm. No. Um, we are not lawyers. We are not lawyers. <laughs> Employment lawyers. Disclaimer. My lawyer did not write this tweet. <gasps> Don't even go start that one. I won't start there. Okay. Um, yeah, we're not lawyers. We're not HR professionals. Mm-hmm. We are two people that have been managers um, and have had to do firing-like tasks. So we'll, I think we'll tell you a little mm-hmm. bit about our experiences um, and what we've done. And we're, we're talking more about how to deal with the person, the emotional burden of firing someone, right? So really today's episode is a lot about how, you know, the kind of feelings that you might be going through as a person um, as you're letting someone go and, you know, kind of helping you manage some of those conversations a little bit better, mm-hmm. um, maybe even helping to mentally prepare to have these conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to preface all of that by saying, please contact your HR mm-hmm. professional um, and please contact your employment lawyers wherever applicable so that you can find out the appropriate um, the due process that's required because there's quite a lot and it depends on whether yeah. you are in a union or you're not in a union or you're in a big company or a little company. You have an HR department, you don't have an HR department, all those things. And so we're we're not talking about the process. Yeah. We For don't want once. any emails For from once. your lawyers, okay, guys? So like do your own due yeah. diligence. For once, we're not talking about process. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about the emotional side of it, how to prepare yourself and how to be most effective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you want me to start with my firing-esque story? Yes. So I've never had to fire someone outright, like you're fired, you're no longer returning to work kind mm-hmm. of deal, um, for a couple of reasons. Well, in the Ontario Public Service, it's very difficult. Um, mm-hmm. But some analogs that I can think of is um, 
not renewing someone's contract yes. to some extent was like it's, firing someone. It is. it is firing because you, it, it could be budget, but often it was very well-timed because you did want to fire that person and all you had to do was just not renew the contract, but right. it's still firing. Them. Yeah. And in the Ontario government, that meant they might just be going back to their home position, mm -hmm. right? Which is often a position less desirable than the one that they had come to contract with you on. Um, or it meant um, that they actually did not have a permanent position in the Ontario government and they would just be returning to surplus or just their own leaving, just leaving. Mm -hmm. um, so in my particular example, I had someone that was seconded over. So seconded is a term we use. Um, I think, is it only a provincial government term? I think it's, they might use it in the federal no. government as well. But basically it means we bring you over on a contract from your current job and we bring you over to work on you borrow people yes essentially you borrow them so that they can do something different for a year or 18 months and then normally they go back again yeah. sometimes that borrowing goes on and on and on and on or the borrowing turns into a new permanent job right so in this case um i had arrived at um a new job and uh Six months later or so, my manager had gone on second, uh, on, she herself had gone on secondment and I took in the role and stepped in as the manager. So I was, this was my first management role, mm -hmm. um, probably the role where I got all of my key management experience <laughs> in one fell swoop. Made all those fantastic poor decisions and had to deal with them. I'm so sorry, everyone that had to work for me in that, <laughs> that period of time. Yeah. Um, and the previous manager had brought this person over and they had been extended and extended, extended doing their role. Um, but it was now time to compete permanently for this position to make it official instead of just extending the borrowing. I guess. Yeah. So it was no more borrowing. We actually wanted to make it permanent. So we run a full interview process, um, for this role. And when I did that, the person acting in the role, um, did not get it. Someone else got it. Mm. Um, so if in her eyes, she had been fired. She lost the job. She lost the job and was returning to a much lower paying job where she had come from. And normally when you're in the role and you're competing to keep it, everyone thinks you're a shoe in because you're in it. Yeah. And that means that somebody else comes along who's not in the role and they do it. They win it mm -hmm. based on their experience, which means people thought somebody else was better than you. So there's a little bit of an extra ouch. Yeah, definitely an extra ouch. And so I remember being just sick to my stomach because I knew this person um, definitely had, um, what's the right word, a feisty attitude. <laughs> you know, uh, someone that was going to react oh. adversely to this event yes. and was going to take it personally and not take it objectively like yeah. I didn't do well in the interview yeah. I didn't da, 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 yeah da. so I remember I had to tell them and no I'd love to hear your opinion on this too <laughs> because I think I did tell them um I think it was on a Thursday or Friday before the long weekend um and the feedback I got from the individual was like you should have never told me before the long weekend it ruined my whole long weekend and I was kind of like well I thought it was giving you a little bit of extra time. Mm. I thought it would like, you know, I knew you were leaving early that day that you could go and kind of yeah. 
have your time. So that was probably well, the first big feedback was that the person reamed me out royally for my timing. There is thought, there are thoughts on that. And um, I know in one organization that I worked with a long time ago, um, anytime anybody was let go, it was on a Wednesday. Mm. It was deemed um, unfair to do it on a Friday for exactly what that person mentioned because you mm. ruined the weekend. Um, it was, uh, Mondays are just hard days for people sometimes anyway. So that wasn't okay. So somebody's got a kiss yeah. on a Monday. Yeah. <laughs> so they would split the difference and do mm. it on Wednesday only. Yeah. That's fair. Um, so basically it was really, really tough. The person was really, really mad at me. Oh, yeah. They felt like it was really not fair. Um, I think however it ended up working that like that person, I think just like never came back to work after that. Like yeah. they just kind of called in sick and you know, just did whatever until they're caught. Like I think they were embarrassed. Yeah. And they didn't care. This is why a lot of organizations will walk someone out. They will escort them out. Um, after they get that kind of news, it's rare nowadays, um, that, that you wouldn't, especially in a large organization, simply because of the opportunity to, you know, use company and on the far extreme side to steal from the company Mm -hmm. potentially, um, but even mildly, it, it can cause a disruption. You go back to your desk, you're upset. People know it. They see it around. So it's usually you get the notice. So I'm going to give you pay you your two weeks notice plus whatever severance is appropriate, but you're not going to come back. Yeah. 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 And so that was it. There was just a lot of yelling, a lot of really being mad. How did you how deliver, you? given that was your first management job, do you remember how you delivered the news? I mean, I felt like I had that moment of, you know, that thinking style, like I was very objective, like Mm -hmm. it was an interview, Mm -hmm. there were questions, they're scored, you know, and I was prepared to kind of go through and say where the person just did not succeed in their oral part of the interview and in the written part of the interview. Which is what somebody could ask for after the fact. So imagine then if you had known about ASBE and if you could have said, I'm going to have to have an awkward conversation. I'm here to tell you today that you were not successful in this interview mm-hmm. and you'll be returning to your home position. Close your mouth, be quiet, let them talk. Giving them all that other information, they can't hear it and they don't care in that moment. Yeah, and they might ask for more feedback later. Or you might say when they leave, I'm happy to give you more feedback on how you did on that interview. If you're interested later, just let me know. Yeah. But in the moment, but who knows? Who knows about ASB? You start stumbling and stuttering, especially in that situation. I most certainly did not have the wherewithal to have said I think that great statement that is just like the award-winning difficult conversations Mm -hmm. statement which is this is an awkward conversation for Mm -hmm. me or I'm about to say something really uncomfortable which I think Mm -hmm. just starts everything off so much better than anything I could have done like I mean you know it well it's so many things it level sets you're both on the same page it lets them know that you're on you're uncomfortable too um it's humble to say that. Oh, I'm sure I was just like, I'm so sorry, but you didn't get the job. Yeah. yeah. You know? Well, and there's a danger too. Um, when you're giving bad news like that, you have to fire someone or tell them that their job hasn't been extended or whatever it is. There's, there's being supportive and emotional, and then there's being too emotional. Interestingly enough, this particular scenario was also a really... Um, big learning experience for me with respect to how friendly you are Mm. with employees in the office. Um, And so this person, I had a lot of things in common. Um, And so, you know, we used to kind of go for runs together on lunch. 
um, went to the grocery store to get, you know, healthy mm-hmm. lunch things. Like we had this thing. And even though I was having to kind of manage her work and really kind of provide feedback on her work throughout the entire time of the employment and then subsequently this interview issue, um, that that was a, one of those situations where I was like, I'm sure this person felt like because we were buds um, that this was never going to happen. Yeah. And maybe didn't prepare as well as they should have or could have for it's the interview or perform well as they should have or could have in the job. Well, I can't remember who we were talking <laughs> to, one of our clients recently, um, about pretending that they don't know the people. Oh, it was the last client who, who was successful in getting her job. Um, and we were doing interview prep with oh. her. And she knew the people on the panel. And so one of the things we were coaching her in is pretend you don't know those people. So when you're preparing for an interview, you need to not just slough think questions off because, ha, 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 you know me. Right. And the same when you're firing someone. You cannot um, slip back into that, well, we've been friends for a long time, so you know how it is. You have to remove yourself from that and, and be the manager. And that's maybe that's another a topic for uh, for another day is that whole yeah. thing of how do you manage the transition from employee to manager when you have the um, same peers, the same people working for you. It's a whole season on its own, it's a Ruth. Whole season on its own, so we won't go there. Um, what uh, firing kinds of scenarios have you been involved in? Well, I guess the biggest one was when I did fire someone from the Ontario government. <gasps> But it took three years. <laughs> and at the end of the day, it had to go through a grievance settlement. And so it was more like dealing with a grievance by the end of it. And this is because there was a union involved. And there were specific things that could and could not be done. So it involved a lot of um, record keeping and process. A, a lot of process. It was not your standard firing conversation. Because when it came down to at the end, I was not even in the same room as this employee uh, because the bargaining agents had to do it. Mm-hmm. And um, so mine, my big lesson from that was not how to deliver the news or how to even think about this person. It was how to document. And um, I have the emotional sides of the story stuff too, but the, the most important thing was as soon as I recognized that there was something wrong and I had talked to somebody in HR I had to document. That was before anything else happened. And that was not, this is not official documents that were part of this employee's file, nothing like that. It was me taking notes, you know, talked to so-and-so at three o'clock today and mentioned the performance of this and this, which is still not up to snuff. Here are the numbers. Here's what it was. And documenting all that so that when I was starting to build enough of a case, I could prove to my superiors and to HR that I had done the right things and that I had examples. And then I had to start the official documentation, which was completely different. Wow. But even that pre-documenting was so important. And I, I think I had been doing some of it automatically when I started working at Ford in finance wait, billions of years ago before Exp- spreadsheets and all that stuff. Ruth, do not I declare know. that you are before it's spreadsheets. True. I'm before spreadsheets. I'm one, <laughs> yeah. um, we we would leave financial information for people on a desk before email too, and you would write down and you would sign, you would initial it and date it, 
And I remember I didn't do that. I just wrote, you know, Ruth on it. And then they didn't write, you didn't write what date. How do we know what date things are? You have to document these things. So it was a habit. And I would meet with someone after that. And I would, you know, take a paper or something we'd been referring to and think, oh, I need to keep this. And I would just initial it and put the date on it constantly. And so I did that. And then when I was talking about this particular employee, they said, you should be, have a separate little notebook now and be jotting down these things. So that would be my lesson for people. If you think that you're going to need to let someone go. Yeah. Well, then we should be prefacing all of this is that yeah. if you are doing regular performance management of your mm-hmm. employees and having regular one-on-one meetings and talking about their performance and talking about mm-hmm. um, what your expectations are you and whether they're delivering those them. documents. This should become very clear. This, sh- this should not come as a surprise to people. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that's part of a lesson um, for me in, in that story mm-hmm. um, was that, you know, I don't know if enough time had passed that the formal performance review process had happened right. um, or whether I was, you know, I, I can't imagine that I was doing the most excellent performance management at that time and being good at saying like here's what you're doing well here's what you need improvement on here's what we need to see in order for x y and z to happen so um i think that's like maybe the the, our first kind of tip is if someone's performance is driving you crazy and you want to fire them make sure that you're doing performance management yeah manage and giving them a chance to fix it yeah that's what i was gonna uh, talk about my my real story so the other the biggest one was Firing but not, my real story is, was helping another client when Ooh. they had to fire. And there had been discussions, so some performance management of this particular employee, but not formal and not regular and, you know, nothing that, that put sort of drew a line in the sand and said, this, this needs to get better. So um, I worked with this particular client on doing just that. And setting specific expectations. I remember saying to him, does this person know what they're required to do? Well, of course they do. Really? Tell me how they know. Do you have a job description? Well, this is a smaller company. So the job descriptions weren't really up to date or they didn't exist. It was, you know, so it was, okay, let's start with that. And I think this was probably a three or a six month process from beginning to end of of this person had to sit down with that employee and say, okay, I need to be clear about my expectations and list them and get the person to agree and repeat them back and all of those things. And then they had to meet with this person regularly and talk about are you meeting or not meeting those expectations. And then it was only, I'm going to say maybe a couple of months. I th- he might have done this for three months. He did consult an employment lawyer to make sure that all the I's were dotted and all the T's were crossed. And then the actual firing took another month or so after that because there were consultations with the employment lawyer. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to say. This was a small company without an HR department. Yeah. And then the employee also went to their employment lawyer after they did get the news. And then there was some negotiation before it was finally done. But I also remember talking with him about not as be specifically but the model of saying, now that you've had your performance discussions, because like you say, he, could, he would not have had a hope of having this person leave the company if he had not given the person a chance to get better. And Absolutely. they never did. And being able to sit down and say, you know, Peter, these are the things that we've talked about for the last two months, and we've reviewed eight times in those two months, once every week. 
and not once have you improved. Here are the numbers, here are the things. I'm really sorry to tell you this, it's, it's difficult, it's awkward, but I'm going to let you go. Here are the terms. I got that little like, ooh, just, yeah. just listening to Ruth say it. Yeah, I mean, this, this person was one of those people that you would think would be very easy to let go. But nothing is that easy because we, as I guess legally and as humans, uh, owe the person the chance to get better once they realize what's at stake. Yeah, you owe them that. I think that I think one of the big challenges is that either managers aren't clear enough to the gap in expectations. You know, I had a boss once tell me, like, Nicole, I need you to be more strategic. Mm-hmm. That's your favorite story, I right? One of my favorite stories because mm-hmm. it, like, to to this day, I still do not understand what that person meant did, by that. What did they want? What's the measurable? What did they want from me? Yeah. Could they give me an example of how um, expense reconciliation could be more strategic? Because I would argue it was not a very strategic task. It was a... Well, and here's the thing. It, It is also possible to just fire somebody because they're not a good fit. We know this. We looked it up recently for another <laughs> for another um, client. That here it is possible they're not a good fit, particularly if it's within the probation period. At the be- you know the first three months, it's even easier. Yeah. But afterwards, you don't have to provide all kinds of information. You can give people as long as you pay them out the time that they're due. Um, you can do that. So. What do you do in those situations? You know, when we're talking about big companies or bigger companies that don't want to get in trouble, they follow due process. They give consultation, a chance for people to measure up, a chance for people to pull up their socks and <laughs> and do what they're supposed to do. In some other companies, particular smaller ones, very small ones, you don't have to do that. And you can just say, you know, it's not working out. So what what do you do to either prepare for those conversations mm. Or to hold those conversations? I would say, and I, you know, I would have, you know, I had in my notes here, like, mantra time. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I feel like when you're having difficult conversations with people that you expect to react poorly, um, one of the best things you can do is, you know, have your message and stick to it. Mm -hmm. Talking points, speaking points, you know, you know, and they can be very frustrating if you ever watch the media use these talking points where when they try and squirrel in and get more information, the person just goes back and says, mm-hmm. well, this was, you know, da, 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 da. And they mm-hmm. just keep saying the same thing over. However, I do feel that is a really effective method, especially when you're dealing in a situation for which there are legal human resource implications, yes. all those things. So For me as a manager, I would prepare with that kind of statement. How am I going to call them in? How am I going to say it? How am I going to find the right day and time to do that? Notes, guys, Friday is apparently not a good day. Not a good day. (laughs) Well, I think I would also consult an employment lawyer. Oh, 100%. I'm saying notwithstanding all that. Not everybody does. And you do have to shell out a few hundred dollars for a consultation. But imagine, let's say you opened a um, social media company, a small social media. You had like four employees and you had hired someone to work with clients. And it's not like they were doing a bad job. It's just that you had to help constantly and it was three months later. 
and you're still helping and they weren't really able to run with it and provide the real creativity that you were desiring. It's really hard to, you know, say, I need you to be more creative. What does that mean? What does that look like? What's the measurable is what I would look for. Yeah. But people don't actually have to provide that. It would be nice if they did, but they don't have to. Yeah. And so that's, again, one of those cases where you would, you know, call, you know, Jane Lawyer and say, this is what I want to do. Do I need to be aware of anything? Well, have they caused trouble? Nope. I'm, it, they're just not a good fit. I'm tired of holding their hand. Okay, yeah. well, then you need to, they've been there this long, you need to pay them two weeks and do this yeah. and da, da, da. So now you've got that sorted out. And then you come back and you tell them, I'm sorry, you're just not a good fit for here. I'm going to let you go. And then they go off the, the rails and that's yeah. where your mantra comes yeah. in. Yeah, and then it's, you know, you repeat again. You just say the same thing over. I'm just really I'm so sorry. sorry. This is a difficult conversation. We have to let you go because it's not the right fit. Mm-hmm. You know, and just keep saying it over and mm-hmm. over again. It's and just not a right good fit. It's just not a and good And that's fit. better than starting because, you know, w- what I find in these challenging conversations is when someone starts to challenge you and say, yeah, but what about when I worked on this project, on that project? Mm. Your temptation is then to start delving down these pathways that do, no, do you no good. No good. Because you either start to feel bad and say things that you shouldn't, like, well, yeah, you're right. You were really creative on that one project. And, and now you're getting into a debate. And, and the, qu- the issue is this conversation is not a debate. That's right. This is sort of a one-sided conversation where you give information yep. um, and you, you know, you'll give them some time to react and you can use your listen, echo, um, sympathize, think, evaluate, mm-hmm. and resolve. But it's really not about resolving anything. No. This Other is, than here's a piece of paper with what to do now. Yeah. Here's here's the statement on the piece of paper, how what what you're entitled to, and th- my thanks, <laughs> you know, unless they've been stealing from you, and that's a whole different situation. Yeah. But you need to, they need to just hear, I I understand, um, and I do appreciate your work on this. There's, <laughs> I listen to um, CNN in the morning quite a lot, and they have um, different people on providing different sides of the story and even when it's somebody that you know they don't agree with they'll say thank you for coming on the show we appreciate you sharing your perspective oh and i love that it's they're not saying thanks for your ideas thanks for your input or whatever thanks for coming on the show and sharing your perspective because for them they get in trouble if they don't have people on the show from all the different sides of the story right. so it's they say the same thing over and over so when you're firing someone you also don't want to say thanks very much I appreciate your your work or I appreciate that you were here you do because you just fired me Yeah, you and need to find that sentence when we get nervous I feel like we start to say things that we shouldn't say mm-hmm. and that's why whenever you have a conversation like this I always say you need to have a mantra mm-hmm. and you just write it down I, I tell this story all the time um, I went to a party late once. Oh, yeah. And uh, the host is um, particularly um, rigid and schedule-oriented, um, also very much values friendship and... Loyalty. Loyalty mm-hmm. and uh, values this social engagement a lot. So it's very important that you go to her parties and that you attend on time and you do the right things. So She's just, literally insulted if you don't go. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Um, and so I don't know what happened. I think 
I don't know, got, got into a fight with Tom or something on the way out the door. And so we were kind of, you know, sorting ourselves out and getting ourselves organized. Um, and so we were about an hour late or so to the FET. <laughs> and uh, I knew this person was going to start asking all kinds of questions about why I was late and what was happening. And I realized I just needed to have a mantra in that I didn't like I didn't really want to announce at a party I got into a fight. No, that's not your like, business. Like and then am I going to have to explain what the fight was about? Like yeah. it's just got uncomfortable, but I knew the question was going to come up. So I got a mantra together and it just said um I just said it over and over again. Um you know what? It was a rough afternoon. I'm so happy to be here now. And it literally made people twitch. Like cuz you just kept saying it. Cuz I cuz they would say, "Oh, well what happened?" And I would just repeat it again. And whisper it. <laughs> you know, it was a really tough afternoon, but I'm really happy to be here now. And you just kind of felt people just kind of, they had no choice. They couldn't delve in deeper. Yeah. They couldn't question me. And to this day, I use that story. Um, and I try and teach it to people when they're worried about how to give someone some kind of information or tell them something, or they're worried about someone who has a particularly explosive personality or nosy personality mm -hmm. um, and I say that the more clear and um, short and precise this statement can be you can just say it over and over again and the first time it is a little bit uncomfortable because you realize you haven't answered someone's question mm -hmm. or you haven't responded to someone's explosion but on the second time or the third time, it starts to feel really good because you can literally watch their face. Yeah, as they realize they, they were asking too much. Yeah, or they realize that you're not going to go there with mm -hmm. them. And that's why this mantra for this conversation is so important because a firing conversation should take five minutes, maybe 10 if they have questions about their what time uh, pay they're due or whatever. But it should be extremely short and like you say you don't want to get into a debate if they have questions later to ask about that might be okay but in this moment this is not a debate and so you know but what about that time i did this work no <laughs> wrong yeah you know you just don't get it wrong <laughs> that's not helpful either <laughs> don't do that that was just a joke yeah no it's it's you need to be able to say something that is true like, you don't want to lie, because if you say something like, I'm so glad you came to work here, you know, <clears throat> all those nice things that we tend to say when we feel badly for someone. Yes. Mm -mm. Yes, um, this is this is a tough conversation, um, and uh, I, I appreciate that it's going to be frustrating for you. This Thank you for your perspectives yes. while you worked here. Yeah, <laughs> uh, this is the this is the end of your time here. Yeah, and you just and the more concise and the more I repeatable you have it. This is difficult for you. Yeah. So this what are our what time. are our top three whiteboard tips for if you have to fire someone? Number one. Number one is prepare before, during, and after, right? So before with the documentation. Yes. During with the mantra. Yeah. And after with any follow up that you need or papers that you have to file or people that you have to notify. Yeah. Call your lawyer. Do your stuff. Call your HR, do your research, prepare. Mm -hmm. Tip number two, or did that cover all three? I was like prepare before, during, and after, I think. Uh, it, tip number two, I think, is very important to um, steal yourself and don't be cold, but don't be emotional either. You don't need yeah. to apologize. You don't need to... Uh, 
um, you know, shrink up your shoulders and go, I'm really sorry. I have this thing to say, like say, st- use the ASBE. Yeah. Be, be concise, be clear, kind and firm, kind and firm. I, I am sorry to tell you this or, um, people say you're sorry. You're not sorry. Okay. <laughs> I have something difficult to tell you. Yeah. This is what it is. I appreciate that this is going to be frustrating for you. Period. Yeah. So yeah. the first tip is to prepare before, during, after. The second tip is to um, use as be and be kind and firm. Yeah. And tip number three is when you get that dissension or that people coming back and saying, yeah, but this and yeah, but this and we used to do this is just repeat, repeat, repeat. You have, have your mantra. mantra and repeat it. These this this type of approach, this preparing um, the as being and the having the mantra will work whether you're literally firing firing someone from their job or you're removing them potentially from a project that you had assigned to them because it's not working out uh, or whatever that means. It's a disappointing conversation um, that can go along quite a a spectrum, really, of losing your job right up to maybe being demoted a little bit or you were given a trial in some area and it's not working, so you're pulled back. There's lots of of places you can use some of these tips and they're all kind of the same, you know? And we talked about this way back when we Mm -hmm. talked about salaries and promotions. People's work is very much Mm -hmm. part of who they are. So Mm -hmm. changes to people's work status is is tough. And you will know um, that... Perhaps you've done something wrong if the person is completely bowled over and surprised. Not always, because sometimes people are obtuse and there's (laughs) nothing you can do. But if they really are bowled over, you need to ask yourself, did I give them a chance? Did I do the performance management that I needed to? Yeah. Well, that's it. We wrapped up season two. Um, This was a really exciting season about awkward conversations and difficult conversations. Mm -hmm. And we hope they were helpful for you. Um, we're going to post um, a little difficult conversations worksheet mm-hmm. um, for you guys so that if you are having a difficult conversation, this can help you kind of sort out your thoughts and feel yeah. free to reach out to us, um, drop us a line and let us know what yeah. you think. You'll be able to download this um, as a yeah. PDF and you can use it sort of to to work out your thoughts and um, be, be careful before you have your conversation. Absolutely. And that brings us to what we're going to talk about for season two, which is all about season three, three, Mm -hmm. which is all about managing your career straight from how do you know it's time to leave your current role, um, how to find out, you know, what might be suitable, what you're ready for, what kind of change you want to go to straight through to, you know, the first the first 30 days. First 30 days. And we're going to do it from two perspectives, both the individual and the manager. Yeah. So we're going to help you if you're a person who's thinking about um, getting a new job. We're going to have some ideas for, and tips and tricks for you. We do a lot of coaching in this area. And if you're a manager and you are wondering how to help somebody who's coming to you to ask you to help them manage their job or you're trying to do a job search or yeah. set up uh, requirements or prepare for an interview. Something for everyone. Something for everybody. Yeah. Um, and in the meantime, that's okay. it. Ciao for now. Okay. Um, thanks to our fabulous um, editor and collaborator, Jason Hatcher from CoLab for the awesome editing he does on our podcast. Uh, make sure you find us 
um, on Twitter at whiteboard C O N S, um, on Facebook, Facebook, yep. Faceboard. Faceboard. <laughs> Facebook, and Instagram, at, and Instagram. You can find us everywhere and on our website at www.whiteboardconsulting.ca, where there will also be a blog recap eventually. Not exactly. right away. Thank Sounds you. good. Bye. Bye.